Carlos Correa has his signature moment as a twin. Came a little bit late, and hopefully there's more where that came from. But the Twins hold on to beat the Yankees. Let's break it all down on today's episode of Lockdown Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Thursday, September 8th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to vroom.com, and check out thousands of great cars. Again, this is Nash Walker, Season 3, hosting a daily podcast on the Minnesota Twins, Season 4, writing about the Twins at twinsdaily.com. Twins beat the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Can you believe it? The Twins beat the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. It's, It's worth repeating. It wasn't easy. It never is for this team, but they found a way to win. They won four to three. Carlos Correa had his signature moment, the significance of that. And it came right after I had tweeted this morning that uh, this is a great opportunity to, to lock up a star level player for the twins. So we'll discuss that today. First, let's look at the schedule. Cause this is, this is big after this Yankees series, the schedule really lightens up. So when you heard about the scheduling and Cleveland's not light, I mean, the, there's not anyone on the schedule remaining that you go oh that's super scary I'm very scared of the Yankees obviously in the Bronx I'm very scared of the Astros I'm very scared of the Dodgers there's nobody left like that which is good news for the Twins they do have Cleveland Cleveland's a solid team you know White Sox are a solid team everybody else not really and if you're watching on YouTube you can see it they got three at home against Cleveland three at home against the Royals so a six game homestand and then they're at Cleveland for five so Eight of the next 11 games for the Twins are against the team they're trying to chase in the American League Central, and they are a game and a half back with eight of their next 11 against Cleveland and in between the Royals at home. Then they will go to Kansas City for three. So they have six left against Kansas City. Then they'll play the Angels at home for three, the White Sox at home for three, and then a six-game road trip to finish off at Detroit and at Chicago to play the White Sox again. What this means is the schedule is is it's there it's there for them and i've said it so many times this year we've said it so many times they've had these easy stretches they had that 10 game stretch against the rangers royals and i can't remember the 13 the angels the angels the royals and the rangers with seven of those games at home they went five and five so i've said it many times this year that the schedule is in their favor but it's true now You got out of Yankee Stadium. They won one of four. You would have loved to split. If they win game one of the doubleheader, they split, but they didn't. They won one of four. It's better than a sweep. They're a game and a half back of Cleveland going into this weekend. The pitching matchups are not really in their favor. I think what benefits the Twins is that it's not just this three-game series. It's not just these three. They have eight. They have five more in Cleveland next week against these same Guardians. It's going to be wild, and it's going to be tight, and it's going to be stressful. And it's going to be how it's been all year, which nobody wants to pull away, it feels like. But for as bad as things have gone, and like this was a this was a bad series for the Twins in, in a lot of ways. Like mental errors on the bases, mistakes, 
not hitting when they needed to hit with runners in scoring position, not making the pitches for much of the series. It wasn't a good series, and it usually isn't at Yankee Stadium. It hasn't been a good couple months for the Twins. Injuries have piled up. They're losing a lot of games. They're losing games they should win. They're blowing games. Their trade deadline acquisitions are not getting it done. And yet, and yet, they have a legitimate chance to host home playoff games this October. To host playoff games this October, given everything you've seen. The, the runway starts now. I keep saying it over and over and over, but it's especially true because this is it. I mean, you got eight against Cleveland in the next 11 games, and then you play Chicago six times at the end of the year. But this is this is the time. If they were ever going to turn it on and make that push, now is the time. They're a game and a half out. They could be in first place by Saturday night. Saturday night. They could be maybe in a tie with the White Sox or maybe just alone in first place on Saturday night. So, uh, they're they're in a spot now where if I told you that they were going to be a game and a half back going into this series, a game and a half back and tied with the White Sox in mid-September in the American League Central would have taken that 10 times out of 10. But the road to get there has been so rocky and bumpy and gross and not very fun. But we're still there. We're still there. They're They're in the spot I would have loved them to be preseason not knowing anything and this game always surprises me it always surprises everyone I feel like and the American League Central has certainly been a surprise this year mostly the White Sox and the Guardians being better than I thought they would be but mostly the White Sox being much worse than I thought they would be and I think many thought they would be that's the difference this year and it's what it's done is opened up a three-team race and the Twins are right in the middle of it this is uh this is the biggest series at Target Field since the Astros playoff series in 2020 and there were no fans there. So this is the biggest series at Target Field since 2019. And I can't, I mean, the Yankees game in 2019, I was there, game three of the ALDS. But the series, this is one of the, this is the biggest series since since 2019. And the biggest series in 2019, they played Cleveland in Cleveland, and Miguel Sano had that grand slam to basically clinch the division. But this is, this is a, a massive series. And it, I hope Target Field is rocking for this series because, again, if the Twins find a way to win two games at home on Friday and Saturday, they can go into Sunday in first place in the Central and with a chance to put Cleveland another game back. You know, it's it's crazy we're here, but we are. Carlos Correa has a signature moment. I can't wait to tell you why the Twins should lock up Carlos Correa long-term after this word from Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, baby, and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. So, if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. I tweeted this morning 
this is a unique opportunity for the Twins to break a custom that they've had as a franchise for a long time, which is they don't hand out the biggest of contracts in baseball. And I said in the Byron Buxton negotiations, this is a unique opportunity to sign a potential elite player at a below market rate. I still believe that for Byron Buxton. I still believe that for him. This time with Carlos Correa, you are in the driver's seat to lock up somebody, not at a discount. <laughs> it ain't going to come at a discount, but lock up somebody at market at market rate who has fit in wonderfully with this team. And I got some responses that were like, he hasn't been clutch this year. He hasn't been good enough at the plate. I agree. I agree. Overall this year, he's been extremely disappointing at the plate. In the field, the metrics haven't agreed with what we've seen. He's looked really good, but the metrics don't really like him in the field. I believe more in Carlos Correa's career before 2022 than I do in a small sample in 2022. And what that means is Carlos Correa in his career is an outstanding hitter with runners in scoring position. He's as good as he is without runners in scoring position. This year, he's been good without runners in scoring position or runners on base and not good in those spots. I'm willing to believe in everything we know about that stat, about that number, is that it usually evens out. You're usually at the end of your career about the same with runners in scoring position as you are just regularly. And I'm not going to jump to a conclusion with Carlos Correa and say that he's just worse. He's gotten worse with runners in scoring position. Do I think he's pressed? Absolutely. Do I think this year has been markedly worse in those spots? No question about it. But I'm willing to believe, and I think I'm confident in saying, that's not going to continue into the future. He's going to get back. And it's just unfortunate that his one year with the Twins, likely his one year with the Twins, came at his lowest point with the runners in scoring position. It's unfortunate. But again, even with him, it's the same with him as it is for the team. It starts now. Everything that's happened, it matters. It matters. But if you win the division, it doesn't really. It doesn't really matter. If you have a great final stretch here and they win the central who's going to remember that Carlos Correa didn't come through with a clutch hit in April or May or June or them a bunch of times he didn't come through I'm not but if they don't like we'll remember that because it that'll come into play like that'll be a key reason why they didn't why they didn't build a bigger lead and I'm not saying they're the favorites to win the central and they're not the favorites to win the central because they haven't gotten those big hits and they haven't had health or consistent starts enough or consistent bullpen performances. But Carlos Correa is going to be just fine with runners in scoring position. He's going to be just fine defensively. He's 27 years old. He's in his prime. If he's not in his prime, it's probably next year or the year after. And I think this is a great chance for the Twins to break a longstanding tradition, which is we don't hand out 200, $250 million contracts. And I get that. I understand. But you look at even like the Milwaukee Brewers handing out a huge contract for, for Christian Yelich. And I think Correa is going to demand 250 to 280 to $300 million. And it's likely going to price out of the twins range. I believe wholeheartedly that he fits in wonderfully with this team. I think he does. They need a shortstop. I know Royce Lewis is hopefully the shortstop of the future, but you worry about that later. If you sign Carlos Correa, you can move Royce all over the field. He's super valuable, hopefully, as someone who can play third, someone who can play second, somebody who can play second or short, can play in the outfield maybe a little bit, not get hurt, but play in the outfield a little bit. Makes him all the more valuable. You can never have enough good players. I always think that's funny. Oh, we have Royce Lewis. He's supposed to be our shortstop. 
you can never have a, enough good players in baseball. You can never have enough good pitchers. You can never have enough good position players. Look at the Dodgers. They never have enough good players. And guys get hurt. Guys fill in. It helps your depth, too. It's a lot more complicated than that, but I, I think he does fit in really well with this team. I believe him when he says he loves it here, and I believe him when he says he loves playing for the Twins. So I think this is this is an opportunity for them. I don't expect it to happen by any means. They've never done it. They've never shown us that they're going to do it. So I'm not naive in thinking that they're going to step up with a 250 270 $300 million contract for him, but it would be really cool if they did. And I think if they did, there's a good chance he would take it. He's going to take the most money at the end of the day. Like Garrett Cole picking between the Angels and the Yankees going into 2020. He's going to pick the most money. He's going to take the biggest contract, and he did. I I think, though, when you've played for a team for a year, and I believe that he loves it here, and he loved it in Houston, too. Don't get me wrong. And He rejected $160 million from Houston. I think he he likes it enough, and he's gotten a taste of it here that the Twins might be able to Outbid, even if they're not outbidding another team, they're not going to get a hometown discount. But I do think they're in the driver's seat in negotiations. Like, oh, if everything's else, everything else is equal, I'd prefer to return to the Twins. I think that's true. I, I don't know for certain. We will never probably know that for certain. But I think that's true. It's a little bit like Nelson Cruz after 2020. If everything else is equal, his preference was to return to the Twins. Everything else ended up being equal. He returned to the Twins, and you believed him, and that's what he did. He came back because he loved it, and I think Carlos does too. So I'm hopeful about that, that if they stepped up with an offer, he would he would sign the paper. And it's going to take – you know, people ask me, what's it going to take? What's it going to take? Just think of the biggest contracts, like 8 to 10 years, $250 million in that range. He's a $300 million player. I know people – and Twins fans haven't seen that this year out of him. But I had an episode right after the Twins signed Carlos Correa talking about how good he is. He's a historically good shortstop for his age. And as a postseason performer, pretty soon he's going to be a top three postseason performer in terms of runs driven in. He's already one of the best run producers in playoff history at 27 years old. It's incredible what he's been able to do. I had the list up for postseason RBIs. And Carlos Correa is an unbelievable company. Unbelievable company. Postseason RBI leaders. Bernie Williams has 80. Manny Ramirez has 78. David Justice, 63. Derek Jeter has 61. David Ortiz is tied with him at 61. And right below those two is Carlos Correa at 59. How soon will he be number one? That's 21 ribbies away from Bernie Williams, and he's 27 years old. How soon will he be number one? I think pretty soon. Like, a good long playoff run, a couple long playoff runs. He'll be, he'll be number one, which is crazy to think about. And I, I think, you know, the extra playoff rounds and all that certainly helps the numbers. No question, but he's a, he's a playoff performer, man. He is, he has the reputation and he has the numbers to back it up. And I'm willing to believe, and I'm still, I'm still believing that if you got him into October, he would be a weapon in October for you because that's all he's been in his career. But the the reality is he doesn't become a better player when he gets into October. That's that's not what it is. It's he's a great player and he's a great player in October. He doesn't he stays the same. He is who he is in October. You see some guys in smaller samples aren't the same. When you get him there, he's the same guy. And I, I believe that he would be that guy in October this year if the Twins were were to get there. And I'm fully on board with the twins extending him for a massive amount of money, fully understanding that the back half of that contract is not going to look very good. I'm, I'm 
I understand that. I think in this era for the Twins, with the position players they have coming with Royce Lewis, with Alex Kirilov, with Jose Miranda, and that relationship with Correa, the group they have in Buxton and Correa's relationship, Bucks under contract for six more seasons, that that entire dynamic is why I'm that's a big reason why I'm in favor of it. A, he's a great player. You want great players on your team. He's a great player. B, he fits in great position-wise. They need a shortstop. They're going to have a huge hole if he opts out and leaves. They're going to have a huge hole. And C, he fits in great with this team. He fits in wonderfully with this team. And I think he makes a ton of sense on this roster. I didn't know what to expect when they signed him, uh, but I think he's fit seamlessly. I wouldn't say that about Donaldson. I mean, I would definitely say that about Cruz for sure. You could tell. It's not the same as it was with Nelly because I do think there's this – there's there's a natural instinct to say he's performing on the field and we see he's loved in the clubhouse. There, there's an elevation to that, right? Like even if Correa was what Nelly represented, he still is not what Nelly was on the field for the twins. So it's, it's different. We don't perceive it the same way, but I think they're in a similar vein for impact. I think Nelly off the field, Nelly in the clubhouse was such a leader for them and was such a, a galvanizing figure and made it fun and fit in wonderfully with everybody there, fit in well with Baldelli, fit in well with the front office. Everybody loved him. And I think that's I think that's true for Correa. Like I think he fits in with the team. I think he fits in with the front office and what they're going for. And I think his mentality, the championship mentality, is something they could use. And and I'm not pretending this year didn't happen. You know, this has not been a, a very good year for him offensively in big spots, but he came through tonight. And that's what he's capable of doing. You know, that's what he's capable of doing. And in a normal Carlos Correa season, you're going to see that more than just a couple times. And that's why I'm that's why I'm fully on board with it. I mean, that's why you see Astros fans still salty that he's gone. Still salty. Because he was so good for them. He was. And he he came through in huge spots. They loved him. He loved the Astros. And I, you know, he could be a twin. Like he could be a twin for life. That would be really special. I don't expect it to happen, but I'm just saying I'm fully on board with that because why wouldn't you be like, I understand you want to, I understand some of the arguments like take that money. They need a, an ace starting pitcher. I agree with that, but they've built a lot of payroll flexibility as much as they, they possibly can to be able to do multiple things. And 2023 was always supposed to be the year after they traded Jose Barrios. And after they traded Nelly at the deadline, their whole talking point was 2023. We feel like we'll get back into the swing in 2023 we still got 2022 the twins still have a decent chance to win the division and they start a big series this weekend cal quantrill dylan bundy friday night chris archer tristan mckenzie saturday and shane bieber aaron sanchez lined up for sunday not the best pitching matchups but i will say they have eight games in the next 11 the twins win this series that would be huge you're at home take advantage this is the last home series against cleveland all year it's going to be a ton of fun. And like I said, this is one of the biggest home series of the last handful of years. It's it's huge. Twins could be in first place by Sunday and in the driver's seat because look at the schedule again on YouTube. Royals and then Guardians again. You could be in a spot where you're burying the Guardians if things go really well. Royals, Angels, White Sox, Tigers, White Sox. They, they, they control their destiny here. They do. I know that's wild to say, but they do. And we'll see if they take advantage of it. Uh, this weekend and, and moving forward. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Now, for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. 
an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Lockdown Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Lockdown Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with a postgame, of course, Friday night. Join me then. Have a great day. Go Twins. Follow Lockdown Sports Minnesota for postcasts as well. Brandon Warren and I, after every Twins game, or most Twins games, are uh, are talking Twins. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Go Twins.